I'll start with the punchline, man. At 36 years old, I woke up literally in a ditch in downtown Atlanta, staring up at the sky. Didn't know where my car was, half dressed. I was probably doing some, you know, multi-million dollar M&A or financial deal the week before. And on the outside, brother, I looked like I had it all, man. The fancy suit, again, the, the money, the title, the office, you name it. The stuff that I thought was going to make me happy and fulfilled because I came from blue collar beginnings. And really what it was, was a, just a, a guy when, I, when the money and power and that, that didn't fill me up. I turned to all, think of the, the Wolf of Wall Street type lifestyle. And it almost cost me my marriage. It almost cost me my firm. And it ultimately, it almost cost me my life. You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel. So, Tommy, you know, I know uh, years ago you were a very, very different guy than you are right now, and it was... It was a tough journey and you in and and one that um kind of brought you a long way. So I want to go back to old Tommy for a little bit. <laughs> I want to go back to who you were at that time and some of the stuff that you were doing and experiencing. And so so tell me kind of how this whole thing started. Yeah, brother. So <laughs> you talk about the old Tommy. That that dude. So what he looked like is he wore the, the suit, the shiny cufflinks, the car. He talked about how important it was, how powerful he was. And basically, he was just an arrogant prick, man. And at the end of the day, brother, he was an insecure little boy that just wanted to be seen, heard, and loved and valued. Because truthfully, he never had that, man. And so... Uh, for I'll talk, I'll start in the middle. So yeah, well, 20, I, want, I also want to get to when you said you didn't have that. So, you know, can make sure you touch on that a little bit too for me. Cause yeah, I mean, I, 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 I know a lot of us listening can kind of see that in ourselves too, at some point in our lives, filling totally, that brother. hole with the stuff, right? Totally brother. And it's important to this story because I didn't realize it until I was 36 years old when it was almost too late. And uh, I'll, I'll start with the punchline, man. At 36 years old, I woke up literally in a ditch in downtown Atlanta, staring up at the sky. Didn't know where my car was, half dressed. I was probably doing some, you know, multi-million dollar M&A or financial deal the week before. And on the outside, brother, I looked like I had it all, man. The fancy suit, again, the, the money, the title, the office, you name it. The stuff that I thought was going to make me happy and fulfilled because I came from blue collar beginnings. And really what it was, was a, just a, a guy when, I, when the money and power and that, that didn't fill me up. I turned to all, think of the, the Wolf of Wall Street type lifestyle. And it almost cost me my marriage. It almost cost me my firm. And it ultimately, it almost cost me my life. And uh, the reason for that, man, is I grew up and it, there's no good reason. The reason is because I made really bad choices. Let me be very clear. On there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the buck stops with me, man. Yeah, that's the ownership, <laughs> brother. That is so important to have that ownership. So beautiful. Good. You know, I'm no victim or martyr. The, 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 the truth is that I made very bad choices. Now, they were unconscious, but they were bad choices nevertheless. And so I grew up on the south side of Atlanta, man. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college or was professional or, um, you know, or, or entrepreneurs. You don't have to go to college. They just weren't business people. They were good, solid, blue-collar, hardworking mechanics. Yeah, you know, they worked for Delta Airlines, Coca-Cola, or Ford Motor Company. I was in the south side of Atlanta. And I grew up in a pretty, pretty middle class but tough neighborhood for the skinniest, youngest boy in the neighborhood, 
And uh, outside of the home, on the street, you know, I grew up around racial violence and some other things. And so I experienced some violence outside of the home. But inside of the home, I experienced some real violence and abuse. And as I got bigger and older and stronger, I became what I hated. I became what that violence, I became that abuse. And in, at 18, you know, I had a full ride at the University of Georgia, half a ride at the University of Miami down in Coral Gables and a few other colleges. Instead of being the first person to graduate college, I committed a violent crime and was looking at seven years in prison, thought my life was over. And um, luckily, because it was a first offense and some other things, I was dropped to two years and it was heavy misdemeanors, and I ended up spending my 19th birthday incarcerated as opposed to in the university. Um, really cool part of that story, man, and it's something that I was lacking growing up, is uh, a male mentor appeared in my life in the institution. And he was a 45-year-old African-American gentleman. That is unheard of for race, people to cross racial lines. And he saw something in me that I couldn't see. He uh, helped mentor me. He helped love me, helped hold me accountable and basically called me young blood. He said, young blood, you're not going to become a member of the system, this revolving door system that just keeps us in here. You're going to go do something better. And so I got out, I dusted myself off, uh, went and worked for a nuclear waste container factory and put myself at school at night, man. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up on that Tommy, that's so beautiful about what you just said is, you know, mentors in our lives show up in, in the most amazing places. You know, so many guys I talk to say, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a mentor. And they're looking at guys, you know, in, in the C-suite with the suits and the cars. And, and some of these, these, these amazing, amazing mentors show up in our lives in the most unforeseen places like, like you experienced in, in, in prison, which is remarkable, just remarkable. It's remarkable and it's, um, it's uncanny and I, it's you know, on some level divine. You know, if I, if who knows where I would have ended up, um, you know, I was a sheep among wolves in that place. And not only from a, a, a leadership and mentoring standpoint, it was a protection standpoint. So it was a really, really divine thing for me, man. And so um, based on my grit, some perseverance, hard work, I got out, went to work for a nuclear waste container factory as a machine operator during the day for six bucks an hour, wow. going to community college at night. But I did end up back at the University of Georgia after a couple of years. And I literally went from a jail cell to a company called Deloitte, which was actually one of the largest public accounting and financial consulting firms in the world. I think it is the largest now. Um, so three years, man, I did that. I picked myself up, dusted myself off, brother. And so fast forward to when I was 36, I was just going to outwork people. I was going to out hustle them. I was going to outwork them because I thought if I get this amount of money or this title or this prestige and money is important, man, I'm the first one. I'm a money guy. Hell, I worked in the financial industry for 20 years. So anyone that says money's not important, run, man, they're broke. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, you know, I never dealt with those insecurities, those fears, the not good enoughs, and I was eat up in them. And it manifested itself in arrogant guy, tough guy, cool guy, important guy, life of the party guy. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outparty you. I'm going to outgirl you, whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to be that. That's what I thought would get me attention and loved, right? Yeah, you swung that pendulum all the way to the other way and put on that facade that, you know. It, it was, it was yeah. just this armor and it was cracking. And on the inside, man. Um, you know, I was wondering why I had these deep, dark desires. I want, wonder why I was still scared. I wonder why I felt alone in a room of a hundred people. I wondered why I was so insecure. You know, I didn't, and, and why I just didn't feel good enough, which is crazy. And it's cause I never dealt with those wounds. Mm -hmm. 
And so then I crawled, crawled down in that pit to try to find more love and affirmation in all the wrong places, man. It almost cost me everything. Mm. And brother, that's when I decided uh, at 36 in that ditch, when I was looking up that sky, I said, enough is enough. Because I knew two, there was, I was going to two places. I was either going to go back to that institution because I was going to make a big mistake mm-hmm. and or I was going to be dead. And, you know, I didn't want to be either of those. And so yeah. I decided at that moment, enough is enough looked in the mirror and said, you got a problem. You're the problem. You're the solution, brother. Go fix it. And so that led me to the, this journey that we're on today. Yeah. You know, how long had that been going on, Tommy, from when you, you know, the, how much time before you woke up in that ditch, had you been spiraling down in your life? Is this an ongoing thing or was it just, you know, a sudden thing that came on or had you been slowly sliding toward that ditch for years? I think it was slow. You know, because in, you know, the legal, the banking, not all of it, not everybody, I'm not stereotyping the whole industry, but a lot of the industry is the machismo, competitive, let's work our asses off and party our asses off. Yeah, the big swinging dicks. Yeah, that was it. And I was right in the middle of the club, man. And I wanted to be the biggest one of all. And, um, and so it starts by, you know, we work 12, 13 hour days and then we go party eight hours and we get up, rinse and repeat, no harm, no foul. But then you, over time, you start sacrificing your marriage. You start sacrificing your time. And when this, you know, we, we were so attracted to the risque, when this level didn't fill us up, we go to this level. And when that level didn't fill up, we go a little deeper. You know, it starts innocent with just drinking all night and partying all night. Then all of a sudden you're at the strip clubs. And then all of a sudden you go a little bit level down and then the level down and the level down. And trust me. There is the, the bottom of the pit is, is death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, the thing is, is the, a lot of the people in my world, the more I partied and the more business I brought in and the more money, it was that a boy. Mm-hmm. Well done. Well done, dude. Well done. Hey, nice job, man. Now let's go rage, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm talking about my senior level guys. I mean, the top guys of the firms. And so it was very, very much looked upon and, and enjoyed. And, you know, we wore one face during the day, right? We were the, we were the very posh, polished financial consultants, auditors, whatever we were. And at night, we were the raging party dudes. And so I think and that it was, was rewarded, slow. right? That was looked up at. Yeah, totally. Like, here are guys that you're supposed to be looking up to. Right. You're aspiring to be these guys, and they're rewarding this behavior. The guys I looked up to, now, not everybody, you know, there are people in that, those industries that are actually really pretty high integrity, good humans. I just didn't hang out with them. <laughs> <laughs> You know the story, Eric. Pain <laughs> likes pain, man. Pain <laughs> likes to find pain. Yeah. And brother, I found the pain. And there's a lot of pain because we think, you know, us men, and I can't speak for women, but us men, we crave respect. Mm-hmm. Um, we crave validation. We want status. And we be think the we'll alpha, do it right? You got to be the top it. dog, right? And I, I got there, man. And it literally almost cost me everything. And so I just said enough, enough. And I started redoing, redoing what, my life. What was the feeling at that point when, when, you came to that realization that, you know, this is, you know, this is what you were working towards this is what you thought you wanted. Then you get there and it's just a deep, dark black hole. And then what's the feeling at that point? It was a uh, scared man, lost, hmm. unfulfilled, um, purposeless life. I thought, you know, the, the achievement of money, success, and power would bring me fulfillment. It would bring me happiness. It would bring me peace of mind. And it would bring me validation as a human, as a man, as a professional. And it didn't do any of that. And, um, 
It was never going to be enough. The next bonus, the next big thing, the win, it was never going to come. And it's a scary place, man. When you look up at the stars at night, you don't know why you're here. You don't know what all this means. Um, and candidly, uh, there was something deep down inside of me that was a very high integrity, good person. And uh, the, it was like two guys inside of me at war. You know, mm -hmm. you had the, the ego side, the dark side, and then you had the light. You know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader within me, and they were battling. And Darth Vader was winning. That was the true winning. self right there, right? That was the yeah. true self you were feeling. And Darth Vader was winning. So it was, it was a lonely, lost feeling, man. And, and what I realized, and I thought I was alone. I thought I was alone in my insecurities, my desires, my fears. And, you know, that's why I wore all the, the armor and masks, the, you know, all, those, all those fake things that we put on. And then when I decided enough is enough and became the real me and worked with mentors and coaches and psychologists and started reading everything I can get my hands on and doing the work, you know, working on the inner game, the emotional muscle, the mental muscle, the spiritual muscle, all of these dudes came out of the woodworks in my network, man. Hey, I'd love help, love to grab a beer. Let's go get a coffee. Let's go for a walk. I'm failing at my marriage. My kids hate me. I'm making all this money. I'm alone. I'm lost. I, I don't know where to go from here. And, and I realized I'm not alone and we've all got our demons. We've all got our insecurities. We've all got our fears, man. And, and it's, and it's time for us as men to lean in and do that deep work so that we can become epic, if not legendary man. Right. Oh yeah. No, you know, I agree with that a thousand percent because that's, you know, part of the journey I've been on as well. And I want to bring something up because, you know, you do do that work now. You do work with men, <clears throat> working with them on leadership, but at the time as you're spiraling down and, you know, you're looking up to the guys that are above you that are rewarding your behavior. Now look back and, and, and look at how was your behavior impacting the men who were looking up to you at that oh, time? I was bringing them right there with me. I was, I was, you know, it, it looks sexy on the outside to be, you know, bigger than life, to have the fancy cars and the dropping money at the bars and at the clubs and all that other stuff. And, and, you know, there's a segment of society that chases that, you know, a lot of females look, you know, chase that. And we were very successful on those fronts and, um, but it's all shallow. It's not real. There's no substance. There's no love. There's no dignity. There's no integrity in any of that. And so, um, I felt like I was, uh, you know, just continuing the chain of that behavior. And, you know, that behavior at the end of the day wasn't who I was or where I was going to be, but it was how I got accepted at the time. Yeah. And I think, again, I'll say it again, I think pain likes pain and darkness like darkness. And if, if other people who were insecure or scared, they would look up to that. Hey, this is what I hear about. This is what I see on TV. Now it's what we see on social media. It's what we see on our movies. If I have that, I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. And all of us realized how wrong we were. Yeah. If I'm just like that guy. If I'm doing what Tommy's doing because he's got the money and the cars and the house and the watch and the cufflinks and the wife and the whole thing, then that's what I need to be doing is what Tommy's doing. So, yeah. And I think so many of us, I know you agree with this, Tommy. So many of us don't realize that there are those that are looking up to us, even if it's not as obvious as we think it is, they're still looking to us as examples. Amen, brother. And here's the thing, man. All of those things you mentioned are fine. There's nothing wrong with buying nice things. But if you're doing it to fill that hole inside, that hole's just going to get bigger. But if you're standing on a solid foundation, a solid house, and then you put up fancy pictures, i.e. the cufflinks, the nice car, the, the fancy watch, whatever it might be, that's standing on a solid foundation. I had no foundation. I was just putting all those shiny things up thinking that that status 
that symbol, that Mercedes or whatever it was. And heck, I love Mercedes. That's the reason I call them out right now. I got two in the garage, but I stand on a solid foundation now, man. And it's of love, integrity, service. And I've got a lot of guys in my corner who will kick me in the face when I need to be kicked in the face if I get off the tracks, but they will also love me and affirm me when I need that. And I think that's critical to my success as well. You know, I, I can't agree with you more on that. And, you know, when you're saying that about the guys in your corner who are willing to do that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have mentors in my life that'll do the same thing. I got one right now that he has no problem putting his boot up my ass <laughs> if it needs to happen. And I think what guys don't realize is the amount of, well, he calls it fierce compassion, mm. right? But it is that courageous love, man, to have for someone to, that, to tell them when you're being an asshole or when you're not doing, you know, what you can be doing. So what you're saying is so true, Tommy, you've got to have these people in your life rather than the yes men who are just going to go along and let you buy them drinks and pat you on the back and tell you how awesome you are. Yep. Um, they're not doing you the biggest service. Amen. It's, brother. it's those, it's those other guys that are. So, so I want to get into, cause you have, you have a line and you know, you were on the summit. We did the complete man summit uh, last May. And uh, you were awesome part of that. And I really, really appreciate, you know, everything that you did for that summit. I mean, you brought all these guys on and just did an amazing session uh, masterclass with us. But you said something in there on you must participate in your own rescue. And I love that so much. I want you to explain where that came from, what you do with that and how it got you. Because you said waking up in that ditch, you looked up and said, I've got to make this decision. It's on me. Yeah. So here's the thing, and I'll get to the participate in your own rescue. If you're not happy in life or not as successful in business or in your marriage or with your family, or you feel lost, worried, angry, pissed off, um, the world's against you. And if you see the glass half empty, as opposed to half full, it's not politicians fault. It's not social media's fault. It's not society's fault, brother. You got to go look in the mirror and that's your problem and your solution. And here's the key. It is the problem and the solution. And you must choose to participate in your own rescue. There is no magic pill. There's no one coming to save you. Because um, candidly, they've got their own damn problems. And they've got to save their own asses if they choose to do so. And there's a reason the 10% of the 10%, the 5% of the 5%, because they lean in, they do the deep work. They do the daily routine to be better hearts, be better minds, better souls, better physical, and to be better leaders. And so I heard participate in your own rescue the first time I was on the Golly River in West Virginia. And it's one of the, I think it's the hardest river in North America. And it's got five, five plus rated rapids. And that's river speak for dangerous as hell. <laughs> and so if you fall out of that boat, there is a significant risk of death. I mean, it's not a minor risk. It's significant risk. And I'll never forget when the river guy got somebody asked, what do you do if you fall in this water? He goes, you must pretend. First thing he said, true stories. He goes, you got to follow the light. And I was like, Oh God, that means you're <laughs> drowning brother. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, Oh, that's not a good answer. But he was, uh, he said in all seriousness, though, you've got to participate in your own rescue. You've got to turn over. You got to put your foot up. You got to lift your head up, look for the rope. And if you can't find the rope, you have to get to safety the best you can. What a better analogy for life. If you can't find the rope and the boat can't get to you, you got to swim for your own safety, man. And whatever area in your life, money, success, time, stress, pressure, um, can't get the right person on my arm, whatever it is, man, there is a solution. And you just got to lean in, look in the mirror and get better and start doing something different than you did yesterday read a book, listen to a podcast like this, hire a coach, 
um, take a class, you know, learn something about finance, man. There's a billion things. You just got to take one small action to get a little better than you were yesterday. And you must participate in your own rescue. Yeah. And I think the, the beginning part of that goes back to something we talked about earlier and in the ownership, like you said, you got to look in the mirror and know that it's you. It's not, totally. and I love the way you said it, not politics. It's not social media. It's not the people that are around you. I mean, to some extent you're attracting those people into your life by being who you are, but you've got to look in and really feel that. And, and I just, you know, when you said that on the summit about you must participate in your own rescue, I don't think there's a better way to put that. It is, it has absolutely changed my life. And, um, we, here's the thing, and here's what we've all got to be very honest about. We've all got our mistakes. Um, our parents did the best we can. Uh, you know, some of us, some of us had abandoned parents. Some of us didn't have parents. Some were abused, some were beaten, some were burned, some were raped and everything in between. And some just had no dad because he was at the law firm for 15 hours a night. Mm -hmm. It's all the same stuff of different severities, but inside of us, it all feels the same. And because of our society, culture, shame, fear, and parents doing the best they can, whatever that looks like, could have been terrible. It's up to us to break the chain. It's up to us to break the cycle. It's us to, uh, up to us to lean in, forgive that, don't, don't hold it unaccountable, don't accept it, but forgive it. Forgive ourselves from our own mistakes, our own strategies, our own things we look up to draw a line in the sand and move forward with some different action. And you got to, you can't be lazy or apathetic. If you're lazy or apathetic, turn this off. Yeah. I got no time for you. Yeah. But if you're not lazy or apathetic and you want to do something, just a little baby steps each and every day, is it a gratitude practice? Is it a new class? Is it a coach? Is it a mentor? Is it a podcast? Just something, but take action. I'm a big fan of intention and action mm -hmm. and action and attention. You've got to, every action has to have intention and every intention has to have an action. The two without each other are worthless. And yes. so go do something different than you did yesterday and just be better. Yeah. And that's just tapping into the warrior. Like when you were saying, if you're apathetic, you haven't tapped into your warrior you got to have that in order to have the action. Right. Because, you know, uh, one of my mentors always makes this the analogy of, you know, the, the guys who go up on the mountaintop and meditate. Well, they're meditating and it's great, but without action, without actually doing anything, what, what, what it's is a waste the, of time, right? What's the benefit <laughs> to it? Right. You got to have society. that warrior right. side, right. You got to have that warrior side, tap into it, move, take action. I think that's where a lot of, a lot of us, you know, uh, kind of fall off. They figure, Oh, if I just put my attention on it, I'm doing something. Yeah, it's great. But then you got to have that action. You got to tap into that warrior. You got to move forward. So Tell me, tell me about, you know, you talked about some of the guys you have around you and they, you know, they're good about kicking you in the ass. I know you yourself are a tremendous mentor, um, you know, with the men that you work with. Talk to me a little bit about both sides of it, you know, the feel on having these mentors in your life now, these great men in your life, because that's a thing. Look, I, I find many men come to me and say is I saw some crazy statistic uh, last year that said 94% of men will responded they don't have at least one good, true friend that they can turn to. And so it's, it's, that's just tragic as far as I, you know, as I'm concerned, it's tragic that we can't do that. You have this group of men, you have a group of mentors and you've dedicated yourself to mentoring others. So tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. And this, uh, go with me here. And that, that makes me sad. Um, not only are we in a fatherless generation, and I'm not talking about just fathers who aren't there, 
but dads who are there who are working 24 seven and not mentoring, teaching, inspiring, leaning in because they, they think that working is going to solve the answers. And so, um, I think that's created some of the issues we have and men in general, we crave connection. We, we want respect and status, but we crave connection. We want to have a real raw, honest conversation that I don't have it figured out with my wife. Damn it. My sex life does suck. I'm not as successful as I want to be. I made a mistake. I need help. And all of those things are super damn hard to say. Courage. And you I was courage to do that. You got to have, that is the most courageous thing you can do mm -hmm. is ask for help. Cause guess what? People want to help you, especially other, other people in your peer group. They want to help you. They want to see you successful, even sometimes over themselves. And so I was very blessed, man. When, uh, when I, I took a big leap of faith, when I made my major transformation at 36 years old, um, and started leaning in and do the deep work, the inner game, the emotional fortress, the mental fortress, the spiritual fortress. Um, my whole life changed. My network doubled, my income doubled, my relationship with my wife became the best it had ever been. And I went from junior partner to senior partner to elected to the board of directors at this large firm at the age of 39, when most of the people on the board were in their sixties. Mm -hmm. And that was all by being a high integrity dude. And by the way, I worked about half of what I did before that. And it was just by being a great leader, a great human and a servant. And here's what happened when I did that work and I took the, and literally because all of these men started reaching out to me for help, a cry for help. I want my relationship. I'm about to lose my wife, about to lose my kids. I'm successful, but I've made this integrity breach, whatever it might be. They needed help. And I, I was like, well, here's what I did. And I was just doing it pro bono, brother. Mm -hmm. um, but what I realized is men crave connection. We crave authenticity. We crave help. We just afraid to ask for it. And it takes guys like you and me, Eric, to, to give that help. But here's the thing, man, we have to surround ourselves with people who are going or, or, or desire to go in the same direction we're going. We can't hang out with negative, angry, cynical, judging, uh, victim, martyr people. You just can't do it. Um, you, and here's the thing though, when you do the deep work and I'm going to get back to the men in my life and I'm in the men in their life, but when you do the deep work, and this is very important and you're not going to believe this, but this is absolute fact. What happens is, is you start speaking a different language and I call it climbing the mountaintop. You literally start climbing the mountain and your view changes, your language changes. You can still speak the language of the people you used to hang out with. You just don't want to hear it anymore. Here's the problem. They can't hear anything you're saying. Right. And so eventually you want to get those people out of your life and start putting in there who speak the same language and who are climbing the same mountain. That's the truth. And once you get aware, you can't become unaware. So you start vibrating differently, dude. You start talking differently. You start acting differently and you start attracting that into your life. It's the God's honest truth, man. I believe you. I'm with you. And so I believe because I left the firm and now I do executive professional men's coaching, you know, business life and relationship coaching for these executive men i've got to i've got to be in the craft i'm no guru i'm no sage on the stage i don't have all the answers i'm a dude that walks it with you every single day and i believe i have to have great men in my life i hired a coach for the entire year of 2021 i got a coach all year long 2021 and i'm in a mastermind and that mastermind is those men a lot of them were on your summer Mm -hmm. who love me, affirm me, but they'll be the first to kick me straight in the face. If I start, you know, if I start breaching on integrity or I'm not honoring my commitments or going in the direction, 
And it's invaluable from a business experience, life experience, success experience. I'm a firm believer in this. If you're going to be in the business of mentoring young men or women or whatever it is, you need to, have, you need to be mentored. If you're going to coach, you need to be coached. And if you want to be a great business person, leader, athlete, um, barista, learn from the best, man. And so not only do I get the pleasure of doing this for the living, but everything I do and teach, I also have someone doing and teaching me. And I think that's imperative to being successful in life, brother. Yeah. And, you know, I could not agree with you more because, you know, I have mentors and coaches myself. I have one that I work with almost daily. And I think that's the thing a lot of, and I know this for me, I'm going to speak from my heart on this. I know for me, it was, it's not valuable unless I do it on my own. It's got to be mm -hmm. all me. Like I have to have discovered it. I had to live it. I have to move. If I'm leaning on someone else or I need a mentor or I need a coach or I need a teacher or I need a guide, somehow I failed, right? It's less than. And it took me a very long time to kind of get to the level where it was like, uh-uh-uh. That is the only way there is. Every great man on earth had, and to this day has, a mentor, a teacher, a coach, someone that is there just a few steps ahead of them on the path, All right? That's really what it is. It just kind of guide you on there. So I'm going to reiterate what you're saying a thousand percent. There is nothing more important than that, except maybe paying it forward. And, and, and being, you know, a few steps ahead of the path on the guys behind you and guiding them along. The issue, Eric, is um, most guys are like you and me that we used to be. I'm going to do it all on my own. It's the F you backpack. Mm -hmm. I got this. Hey, watch this. I got it all on my own. Watch what I can do. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, man, is isolation is the enemy to excellence. Yeah. And when we isolate, whether it's to show the world or I got this or, Hey, watch this or, or you're having trouble. So you isolate. It is the absolute enemy to excellence. It's the enemy to success and it's the enemy to happiness. And what's made COVID um, over the past several years, so dangerous. It's not just the virus. It's the isolation. Yeah. And we start clawing at each other. We start being mean to each other because we're not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be solo creatures. We're meant to be in community. We need to be, have connection and we're meant to help each other get better and to serve each other. And so isolation, doing it on your own, you're going to die on that white horse, brother. I don't, I'm not talking to you or me. I'm talking to all of us. Yeah. And so find your tribe, find your community, lean in and ask for help, but also give help. And you've got to pay it forward. And here's the thing. You don't want to be envy and pride are killers. And us men, there's always somebody standing in front of us that we want to be where they're at celebrate them. Don't be envious of them, celebrate them and follow what they're doing. And there's always somebody going to be standing where we once stood. Don't think you're better than that human being. That's pride. That's, that's, that's bad because you were there. And so you bring them along with you and you celebrate the person in front of you. And I promise you and surround yourself with great other humans. You'll be just fine. Yeah. I love that Tommy. It's beautiful. You know, it's funny because you know, you know, the sacred seven that I talk about, because you were on the summit and we've gone through these and, you know, courage, honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, love. I think we've hit six out of the seven. I think, you know, I'm actually seven, if I'm thinking about it, feeling into it, seven out of the seven, I think we've, we've hit today, just in this conversation, you know, courage, being honest, you, you mentioned living in integrity. I can't, you know, count how many times you mentioned that, how important that is keeping your commitments to duty. What you just said about that is honor. 
And, yeah. and I know for me, and I've, I've discussed this with you, I used to look at guys that were, you know, ahead of me on the path or more successful than me. And it was a big fuck you to them. Fuck right. that guy. He probably did something, you know, shady to get that money. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know anything about it. I don't want to fucking talk to him. But when you get into that honor and you get into that awe and you're like, wow, man, look what that man has accomplished. I need to know him. Yeah. I want to learn from him. I want to spend time with him. That's, you know, then you're coming from love, obviously, but it's also, that's when you can move forward. And it's that dropping of the ego. Cause you said, you know, we're not meant to be isolated and, and these things that we put on, that's about the ego. And I agree with you. We can't, we can't be isolated in men. I know this speaking for myself and speaking for men that I know we tend to self isolate a lot of the times too. Indeed. I used to call it going into the cave. When I had an Indeed. issue or pop, I go into the fucking cave. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want to deal with anybody. I'm in hiding. And so many of us do that. And so I love what you're saying about, you know, we got to get out, get in the communities, form these brotherhoods, right? It's so important to form these brotherhoods and, and be there for each other, support each other, mentor each other. Amen, brother. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> it has been being involved with a group of men, especially as a mastermind, you know, where 10 minds come together as one to help ourselves be better men, better fathers, better husbands, better leaders, and better in business and life. I mean, what better thing do you want in your life if guys to lift you up, guys to look up to? Um, you know, in my group, uh, I can look up to all of those guys and certain certain things they have or do in their life. And same with me. And we're all trying to sharpen our pencil in the areas that we want to be better together. And it's not about pride and ego, but it is about moving forward. Is It is about leaning in and it's about being vulnerable and honest. And Here's what I found out with men, and um, I forgot where I heard this term, but it's it's applied so true in my life because I'm a big dude. I'm six foot two. You know, I've had all these fancy titles in the past. I mean, you can look at them on LinkedIn, and that all that's not worth a cup of coffee. But what I found is, is you were talking about the guys that are ahead of us or the guys that we look up to. When those guys are we, you and me, Eric, we start telling our stories and we start getting real raw and honest. I don't have it figured out. This is what I did. This is where I've been. This is a mistake I made. And here's what I did to correct it. And I'm doing my best to move forward. And this is what I'm doing. People want to hear that a lot more than I sold this company for $6.2 billion. I'm banging an, you know, a Victoria's Secret model and Van Halen is playing my birthday party. Okay, dude. Um, they want to hear how you got there and they want to know, and it takes a long time to get, and you never get there, by the way, wherever there is, that person's not there. They want to hear about the, the, the falls and the rise, the hero's journey per se. Yes. And here's the truth. Everybody's got it. Everybody's got a hero's journey and you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and everybody talks about how wealthy Amazon was. Well, that's 30 years in the making right there. That's it. He didn't come out of the, he didn't come out making all that money. And so it was a lot of dedication, grit and hard work. And, and I promise you, even the great Jeff Bezos doesn't have it all figured out and he's doing the best he can in certain areas of his life. And hopefully God willing, he's leaning in. So I just wanted to share that as well. Oh yeah, no, that's really important, man. I, I agree with you a hundred percent on that. It's, you know, there, there's no there, there, right. There's no destination. It's when you, when you embrace that and know that we're all on this journey, man, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's the journey. It's the title of the show, you know, warrior, lover, king, hero. It's where we're going. And, uh, and I appreciate that as we're wrapping this up, Tommy, you know, you have the book legendary, how to live a legendary life. And I, and I would love for you to just kind of leave us with your biggest lesson from there, or the biggest piece of advice to the men that are listening in, uh, in living their own life 
and, and living a legendary life. Here's why I chose the title legendary. Tommy Breedlove is certainly not a legend, but I am doing my damnedest to live a legendary life. And legendary is a title that's given to us by society. If I put on my social media that I am a legend, people will laugh me out of the room. Society, community, friends, your network, that's who gives you the title legendary. And you can be a really a big legend asshole, or you can be a beautiful legend. Martin Luther King comes to mind. And so to me, building a legendary life is a life of purpose, meaning and significance. It's a life that where you're in charge of your time, it's a life building toward financial confidence and freedom. It's a life of having that great network we talked about. And it's also a life of how do we master our mindset? How do we get rid of that voice inside of our head? And finally, we go into the deep stuff, man, is how do we develop unconditional love and self-respect for ourselves? And that's hard for us men so that we can truly love and respect others. And finally, how do we have true intimate relationships with our family and our significant others? So that when our, that's building and living a legendary life so that we leave this world and our beautiful planet a little bit better than we found it. And so the book Legendary goes through every single thing I just mentioned from time to purpose, to money, to mindset, everything in between is all the stuff that me, my coaches, my friends, it's, uh, it's the book's not about me. It's about all the, the simple, applicable, fun tools. It's a very quick and fun read that you can apply into your life to help build and live a legendary life. And, and Eric, I am super, super grateful that has become a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller because I think during these times, books like this are necessities and not luxuries, man. So thank you for letting me share that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's really important, you know, and, and I think um, when you really look at it and, and you talk about living legendary, it's about how do you want to be remembered too? You know, Amen. it's it's not legacy. just for right now, right? It's legacy. It's not just, you know, you and I have had this conversation, I don't know how many times, you know, about it's not even just for right now. It's <laughs> about how are you going to be remembered? Your How are your grandkids going to talk about, you know, Grandpa Tommy? When, when he's gone, you know, how, how are you going to leave this going forward? And I think so many of us don't think of that. We're so in the instant gratification right now. It's not, what am I doing to not only make myself better every day, but make the world I live in better every day. And it's getting worse and worse and worse with our young people. It started, and it's not their fault. It started with the millennials and generation Z with the Everything is instant. You know, we used to have to go buy things instead of Amazon getting them to us within 12 hours. And if I don't interest you within five seconds, you turn me off. I mean, that's not reality. That's not life. That's what's being fed into your soul and mind. And anything worth actually happen in order to build financial money, legacy, meaning, purpose in life takes time, patience, and a lot of hard work. And that's something you and I have to distill on a lot of people because there is no, there is no minute millionaires and there is no minute happiness and it's all fleeting brother. And so it's all about legacy and it's, it's all about impact. And that is a lifelong process. A lifelong process, man, you know, this could not be more true. You know, there is no destination. There's no, uh, you know, I got here and now I'm done. And men who em embrace this, um, you know, vision of it, that it's a journey, not a destination. They, they know it's about continually striving to get better and to be more every day because it is a lifelong process. So the key guys is to start now, you know, keep moving forward. Um, 
And if things aren't going your way right now, I love how Tommy puts this, you know, participate in your own rescue. I love that line because it is, it's up to you. It's up to us. We're the only ones who can rescue ourselves from whatever's going on and get moving toward our greatness. And this is why I love what Tommy says about legacy. You know, when it's about what are you leaving behind and what's the world going to look like when you're gone? Uh, How is it going to be better because you were in it, man. I think about this every day because, you know, it's one of those four questions that my, my own mentor asks me to contemplate regularly. And it's the same questions that I ask the men that, that I work with and I mentor. Um, and those four questions are, what type of man do you want to be? What type of men do you want around you? What type of world do you want to live in? And then finally... What do you want to leave that world when you're gone? Uh, and that is what it is. It's, it's, um, it's about that legacy. So for me, my answers are I want a world filled with men like Tommy who are driven to leave a legacy, make a lasting impact on the world. Um, I want to live in a world with men who value brotherhood and helping each other you know, strive to be the best they can be. It, it's why I do what I do because you know that, that question of what do you want the world to look like when you're done Man, I, I, I contemplate that every day and do whatever I can to make sure it's a better place. So if you haven't already, go grab a copy of Tommy's best-selling book, that book, Legendary. Like I said, I get great reviews from guys. People tell me all the time, um, you know, uh, how it's kind of got them on track and got them moving towards leaving that legacy. So you can start kind of charting your course to leaving your own legacy. All right, guys, I want to thank uh, Tommy Breedlove for joining us today, for being real, for being honest, and for telling us the story of his own journey. And I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today. And I, I know you got something out of this conversation. Take it with you. Put it into play in your own life, guys, and get moving forward. So I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you to be your brother by your side on your own hero's journey. All right, guys, I'll talk to you next time. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it. Because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts.